It's Carmen. Thank you for joining me today on the Let's Be Real podcast. And um, yeah, we're right in the uh, the midst of the Christmas season. And so what better place to talk about things of Christmas than right here on this podcast. So we started last week looking at what really happened in this little town of Bethlehem because we had that was the setting of our look at the book of Ruth and now um, it's the setting of the greatest story ever told and that is the birth of our Savior Jesus so Bethlehem is Christ's birthplace correct and many things many words could be used to describe this birthplace. So over the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at, we're going to be looking at four aspects, actually, of what occurred in Bethlehem. And today we're going to be looking at how the Bethlehem has, was the birthplace of hope. With the birth of Jesus also came hope. And as we look at these different aspects of Bethlehem, we're going to break down sections of the account of what happened and why we celebrate Christmas. And we're going to look at it from the perspective of those who were there and those who this birth of this child affected the most right there in the moment. So yeah, and I just want to say just a quick little caveat here of you know, let's be real started out as this avenue, this platform, if you will, of how I could speak back into your reality, if you're listening, with the realities of scripture that have meant so much to me. And this study, this look at Bethlehem of the Christmas account, um, the birth of Jesus, is no different. This was part of our reality, my reality, um, every Christmas I can remember, is having the focus on what Christmas was really all about. And so for me, this is real. This is real life, and I want to share it with you. So hope that nobody's out there thinking, well, she's kind of getting off topic Um, and not really talking about like real life stuff, but this is real life. And I hope that I'll be able to bring it home to you. And this scripture can impact you here in December of 2022, whenever you're listening to this. All right. So birthplace, Bethlehem is the birthplace of hope. Um, Back in uh, 1998, not telling my age too much, but that was the year I graduated high school. So you do the math on that and how old I am. But in 1998, there was a movie released called Hope Floats. You may be familiar with it. Uh, Sandra Bullock starred in that. Uh, Harry Connick Jr. was also the main, uh, the male lead in that movie. But it's a story of this young lady, Sandra Bullock's character, who goes off, moves away from this small town that she grew up in, and um, makes this nice, seem somewhat successful life for herself, and then she's humiliated by by a close friend on live television, 
and um, this best friend had been having an affair with her husband. So she moves back to this small little Texas town to start over. And there she is met with um, the petty little small town things that she experienced in high school. Um, but she also found a friend there in the, that male character that I mentioned earlier. Uh, helped she, He helped her get back on her feet and then they fell in love. So it's a romantic comedy. But the, the title of that movie always confused me. Um, you know, Hope Floats. Well, in my mind, you kind of want a hope in your life that sinks. Don't we? I mean, don't we want to have a heavy hope that it's not just going to float on the top of the water, but it's so heavy and so concrete that it would sink straight to the bottom if put in water. And so I think with that in mind, this is the type of hope that Jesus brought when he came to earth and when he was born. He brings a hope that is heavy, that it's concrete. It's not going to float on the top of the water. It's not going to, the wind's not going to catch it up and drive it away. It's it's here to stay. And um, as we look at this, um, some scripture, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 1. And we're going to look at Joseph. And let's really just go into this account from scripture with Joseph eyes. If we were Joseph and this happened to us, what would we be feeling? I dare say that in these first verses, that if we were there with Joseph, experiencing what he was experiencing head on, there may be some hopelessness that we would be feeling. But by the end of it, I think that Joseph is given a hope that sinks, a hope that is going to stay and that's going to see him through what will continue on and to happen to him and to his, his wife, Mary. So Matthew 1 verses 18 through 25 is where we're going to be. And I'm going to read that for us and then we'll break it down. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son 
and he gave him the name Jesus. Okay, so let's break this down into four sections. The first being in verses 18 and 19, we see this hopeless situation. From what, like I said, when we look at this from Joseph's perspective, not our own 2,000 plus years down the road, when we look at Joseph, this young man who had his whole life in front of him, and yet here is this unexpected pregnancy from what Joseph would consider unknown means. What really was he considering in verse 20? This whole situation, he was considering it. He was running all the, probably running all the different scenarios through his mind. What has Mary done? What, what should I do? Um, Has Mary been unfaithful to me? Where does my life go from here? So while it's controversial to say that Jesus was the product of an unexpected pregnancy because he certainly was not um, from God's perspective, from a scriptural standpoint. But if we were to really go down to the little town of Nazareth where Joseph and Mary lived, and we stepped into their world with their earthly perspective. They didn't have scripture to have it all laid out in front of them like we do. This is very much an unexpected pregnancy with a lot of unknowns ahead of them. Public disgrace was waiting for both Mary and Joseph. And so what did Joseph conclude to do? He didn't want to expose her to that public disgrace. So he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, it's interesting that this is what God's law prescribed. So Joseph was not doing something that was outside of God's will. God had prescribed this in, back in the Old Testament law, that if a woman who was pledged to be married was unfaithful to the man she was pledged to, that man could divorce her. And that was perfectly lawful in the eyes of God. So Joseph had concluded to do something that seemed right, but yet God had another solution, and it was to marry Mary. So while Joseph had concluded to do the right thing, God had a better thing, a better plan in mind. So this hopeless situation from where Joseph was sitting um, turns into hope very quickly as we look at verse 20 and 21. When this angel comes to Joseph, Joseph needed God's way and a God-sized strength to see this through. The angel brought a hopeful message, right? The angel called him by name and pointed out to him his heritage, that he was a son of David with beginnings in Bethlehem. And then he calmed any fears that, he, that Joseph may have had with taking Mary as his wife. 
And then he also gave Joseph hope in that Joseph would have an active role in this child's life. Yes, Mary's going to give birth to a son, but yet Joseph was given the honor of naming the child. And what a name that that was, the name Jesus. So there's hope there. And even there, there's hope that Jesus would save his people from their sins, including Joseph. You think about that. This little baby, born to Mary and Joseph because they were found to be righteous people, but yet they were still sinful. And their own son was going to be their savior as well as ours. A very neat thought. So what does hope lead us to? It leads us in verses 22 and 23 to see that God's promises that are kept, God keeps his promises, and that equals hope for those of us who are relying on his promises. The angel quoted Isaiah 7, 14 as evidence that God is keeping his promises. Isaiah 7, 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a son. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to him a son and will call him Emmanuel. So not only was this angel saying, Okay, Joseph, God's keeping his promise. But he was also confirming to Joseph that Mary had not been unfaithful to him and that Mary was still worthy of Joseph's love and affection of his care and his protection. We also see in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 56, as Solomon is dedicating this t- the temple that he has built, back to the Lord. He says, praise be to the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel, just as he promised. Not one word has failed of all the good promises he gave through his servant Moses. So the same God that Solomon's praising, the same God that Moses served, the same God that Isaiah spoke of, And the same God that Joseph is in the midst of experiencing right here is the same God that we serve and that we worship and that we get to experience today. And he is a God that keeps his promises. So we can have hope in that. Just to prove this point that God keeps his promises through the life of Jesus, Jesus fulfilled at least 300 prophecies. And that's a conservative number. And then there are, more, there are somewhere between 7,000 and 9,000 promises that God gives his people in scripture, according to a Pepperdine University study. And if God's a God that keeps his promises, he keeps every single one of them. Scripture is super saturated with God's promises. And that can invoke in us hope and a hope that sticks around a hope that sinks okay let me get back to our passage in Matthew all right and so the final thing that we see in verses 24 and 25 is that hope compels us 
as it has Joseph to action and obedience. Because Joseph had hope for the future, he was energized to obey God's will. Did he face public disgrace for staying with Mary? I'm sure that he did. Because humans aren't all that different than how they are today. I'm sure there were whispers behind their backs and finger pointing and ridicule. But yet, because he had this promise, he knew God was a faithful God. He had hope. He was able to face those things, that public disgrace, with confidence and to not let it deter him from doing what God had asked him to do. Because we see in these verses that Joseph did indeed take Mary home as his wife and he stuck it through. He saw it through as she gave birth to a son and then he fulfilled his honor as the father of giving Jesus his name. So, what does that mean for us? That we can face what seems like hopeless situations. We can face them with hope because God empowers us with his own strength. We can have hope because God keeps his promises. So whatever he's told us in his word, he's going to come through. And then the hope that we get from God's strength, God's power, God's promises kept should compel us to action and to obedience. I want to finish up with this, and this is from my Bible footnotes. It says, The infinite, unlimited God in Christ took on the limitations of humanity so he could live and die for the salvation of all who would believe in him. And while we can have hope in some a hopeless situation, that is the greatest hope that we have. That God, through Jesus, took on the limitations of humanity, took on flesh, was Um, constricted by time and space for those 33 years that he lived here on earth so that he could live and die for the salvation of all who would believe in him. That's the ultimate hope. And that is definitely a hope that sinks. And that is a hope that took place in Bethlehem that first Christmas. And that's hope that we can celebrate this Christmas some 2022 years later. So I hope that you will remember that as we celebrate this Christmas season. Share that message with somebody today who may need to hear it. That we, you and I, and they too can have a hope that sinks. And that hope is in Jesus Christ, born in Bethlehem, the birthplace of hope. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for this day. God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for what he brought to earth when he came as a baby, for the salvation of the world, that great hope that any person who would believe on him could experience. And God, I thank you for those of us who have already experienced 
Jesus' salvation and are walking in relationship with Him, God, sometimes we still experience hopeless situations and circumstances, but yet we have hope in the midst of those things because of Jesus. And I thank you that I don't have a hope that's light, that floats, that can be carried off with the wind of uncertainty. But it's a hope that sinks, a hope that sticks around, and a hope that is certainly not going anywhere. Thank you for that. May we experience that this Christmas season as we reflect on what Jesus really did for us, what you really did for us when through your Son you put on flesh and dwelt among us. Thank you and thank you for this account in Matthew. Thank you for Joseph and his obedience. He could have made another choice, but he leaned on you and he made the better choice. And we can do the same in our day-to-day lives. So help us, empower us, strengthen us. As you did, Joseph, do it for us as well today. And we pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, y'all. I have enjoyed today. What a great reminder of the hope that we have in Jesus. And next week, we're going to look at Bethlehem as being the birthplace of peace. And we're going to look specifically at the angel who came and visited Mary and what his message was for her. So I hope you'll tune back in with me then and um, enjoy, enjoy this season with your family and friends and carry that hope that you have with you everywhere you go. I'll meet you right back here next week. God bless. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. I hope that you have been encouraged by our time together. Friend, I want you to know that Jesus is so important to me. And I want to share with you that you can have a relationship with Jesus just like I have a relationship with Jesus. There are three easy steps to finding that relationship. Number one, admit that you are a sinner. Number two, believe on Jesus as the only one who can save you because he lived a perfect life. He died on a cross. He was buried in a tomb. And then three days later, he arose from the dead victorious over sin and death. Believe that he did that for you. And then the third thing to do is to confess. Confess that Jesus Christ is your Savior. It's as easy as that. I want to encourage you, if you have not made that decision to follow Christ and go into a relationship with Him, will you do that today? Will you ask Jesus to come in and be a part of your life, to be the Lord and Savior of your life, to be in charge? If you have made that decision today, I would love to hear from you. Please email me at berealcarmen at gmail.com so that I can be encouraging you, praying for you, and sending you some resources to help in your new walk with Christ. Check out more Encouraging Gospel Center podcasts on the Kingdom Rock Podcast Network at kingdomrock.com.
www.carmenreadyshow.org. This is Carmen. Go be real. The world needs to see it.